You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we learned at the beginning of the 10th chapter that if a, um, if a woman is engaged in two, two marriages, so Haisha Shalach, the woman who, whose husband goes to goes abroad, goes to a country beyond the sea. And they come back and they tell her, your husband died. And then she remarries. And then her husband returns. So she's married simultaneously to these two men. And it seems that neither marriage is valid. Essentially, she has to, she takes it, she requires a get from both of them. She goes out from both of them. The halakha treats her as if neither marriage had really taken place. So she doesn't get a ketubah. She doesn't um, safeguard the value of her dowry. She doesn't get maintenance. She doesn't get the depreciation on property that she brought into the marriage. She doesn't get any of the economic benefits from either one of these two marriages. It's as if neither of these two marriages existed. And in the opposite, we learnt in the opposite situation where the wife goes abroad and the husband remarries. And we that's the fourth Mishnah, the chapter. So someone whose wife goes beyond the sea. They came back and they said, your wife's dead. And he married her sister. And this is a forbidden marriage just as much as it is for a woman to marry two men. These are parallel instances of forbidden marriages. But the halacha here is different. So the Mishnah goes on. If his wife came back, he can actually return to her. It's as if the second marriage is invalid and is dissolved, but the first one remains. So the first one, the valid marriage remains. And that's what we learned in the fourth Mishnah of the 10th chapter. And now we're going to go through another brain teaser, which functions on exactly the same lines. So we, 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 we contract what seems to be a permitted marriage, and then we find out retrospectively that it's not permitted at all. But here we got a man this here in fact we got five marriages the mishnah is it's almost as if the mishnah wants to it's almost as if the mishnah wants to drive the point home because rather than just a man who's married to two women one the sister of the other now he's married to five different women and they're all half sisters but by different relatives of each other so each one is connected to the other by being a half system. So let's jump into the Mishnah. We're in the um, we're in the fifth Mishnah of the tenth chapter. Amrulo meta ishtach. So maybe I mean I presume that she is still abroad. This must be a continuation of the man whose wife has gone abroad because. It's difficult to understand how he could not have known that his wife was dead. And they have to tell him his wife is dead unless unless she's abroad or for some other reason. He doesn't he doesn't he doesn't know what's going on. 
They said to him, your wife is dead. And he marries her half-sister. That's her paternal half-sister. And that's a forbidden marriage. He could not do that if his wife had been alive. But he can if his wife is dead. The Mishnah continues. And the Rambam clarifies here in his commentary. He says, by the way, this mission is really easy to understand. He says, this mission is really easy to understand. If you just understand that when the Mishnah says Meta, she's dead, we're supposed to put that in quotation marks. In other words, they said to him, she's dead. So it sounds like, I mean, again, I, I don't know whether the second wife also went abroad or whether somehow he's not aware that his wives are dying. It's, it, I mean, this seems like a, it seems to be a very theoretical situation. He doesn't know that his wife is dead. His second wife is dead. But they tell him she's dead, Meta. What does he do? He marries her half-sister, but this is now her half-sister via, via her mother. Remember that this woman, number two, is the, is the half-sister of his first wife via her father. He now marries her half-sister via her mother. So number three is actually not related to number two. Yeah, they're half-sisters by different parents. Let's keep going. The Mishnah continues. Meta, she dies. She's dead. Again, we're supposed to understand. We're supposed to understand. They came to him and they told him that she was dead. We don't understand really why. I mean, we don't understand how it is. He doesn't know his wife is dead, but he's told she's dead. He actually now marries her half-sister by her father. So this is now the fourth wife, and she's connected to the third as a half-sister, but she's not connected to the second because the second and the third are connected via the mother. So these are it's almost like we're going right, left, right, left. Each wife is connected to the previous wife by being a half-sister, but is not connected to the one before. It's not like he's marrying five sisters who are all connected to one another. He's marrying half, five half-sisters who, between other than the half-sisters, have no connection with one, with one another. Let's keep going. We can guess how this, this story is going to play out. Meta, she dies. And the Rambam explains, we're supposed to understand, Amrulo Meta, they came and they told him she's died. How he doesn't know that five of his wives have died, I don't know. It's a it's clear, it's, this is a theoretical situation. Meta, he marries her maternal half-sister. So now that's the fifth wife. So he's now married five wives and they're each connected to one another as half sisters. But always but in the chain, it alternates between maternal and paternal. So. If you like, number two, numbers one is connected to number two, but number one's not connected to number three. And number three is connected to number four, but not to number five. It's like we're walking stepwise down a maze. And then there are three 
words which are actually missing from the Kaufman manuscript, but they are they do exist in the Jerusalem Talmud in as far as I can see in every other manuscript. So I've I've put them in, but I've put them in in square brackets. And you can just about read this Mishnah actually without them. But anyway, I put them in. Normally we follow Kaufman, but the Mishnah is really hard to understand without these words. So I've I put them in, but I put them in in square brackets. It was found that they were all alive. So this guy, <laughs> this guy who didn't know his five wives had died, he now finds actually they're all alive. So what is he going to do? He's married to five women simultaneously. And these are forbidden relationships, right? Because they are all half-sisters. They are all half-sisters of each other. They're all half-sisters of each other. And if he had been, by the way, if he'd been a woman married to five different men, the halakha would have made the men give a get in each case and she'd have had no economic benefit from any of the marriages. But it seems like the, but the, the, the case with a man who's married to multiple women, the, the, the halakha is just slightly more lightweight. And the Mishnah is going to explain Mutar barishona uvashlishit. He's permitted to the first one and the third one, uvachamishit and the fifth. So even though, even though when he contracted these marriages they were illegal, somehow in retrospect, in retrospect, he can get away with holding on to the first, the third, and the fifth. How is that? I think what we're saying is, look, we're working. First of all, the, the facts are that they're all alive, right? You can see why we can't live without these three words which are missing from the Kaufman. They're all alive. So the marriage, the, the marriage, the second marriage is clearly invalid because he's married the paternal half-sister of his wife. He can't do that. So the second marriage doesn't exist. That's essentially what we're saying. But if the second marriage doesn't exist, the third marriage is legal. He can marry the maternal sister of the paternal sister of his wife because these two women are not related at all. The chains only, each link, you know, each link only works one at a time. But if the marriage, to the, if non marriage number three works, marriage number four is in, is impossible. It's invalid, so we strike it out. And if marriage number four is invalid, marriage number five is okay. So it turns out that he's permitted to the first, the third, and the fifth. And then the Mishnah goes on. And he's forbidden to the second and the fourth. He can't marry the second and the he can't. Have any relationship with the second and the fourth because the second and the fourth are half sisters actually both of his first and third and fifth wives doesn't work so how do we go oh sorry he's permitted the first the third and the fifth and they exempt their rivals in other words if he died and his brother uh, performed yibum with one of just any of the wives, they would exempt the other two. They, because remember, once you've carried out yibum with one of the multiple wives, the others are all 
the others are kind of released from the bond. So that's the first part. And he's forbidden to the second and the fourth. And the Mishnah continues. Now, now we must be in the language of Yibum because it says, So sexual relationship with one of those doesn't exempt their rival. We must be talking about sexual relationship in the context of Yibum. So in other words, the brother-in-law if the brother-in-law does ye boom, he has to do it on wife number three, number number one, number three, number five. Two and four, two and four are not part of the marital relationship. They're out. They're out. A relationship with them has no value at all in the terms of ye boom. Then the Mishnah continues, well, what if, what if, may, can we save the second marriage somehow? In ba'ahashniya if he had intercourse with the second after the death of the first. So maybe maybe now we're saying, look, maybe the first one really did die. Maybe the first one really did die and the other four were living. And he's married the second now. So he's legally married to number two. Number one doesn't exist anymore. She's no longer alive. So if number two is his kind of prime legal marriage number three is now invalid yeah three will be invalid but that will validate four and if four, three is he's let's say, let's just look at the mishnah he has intercourse with the second after that means he's essentially after the death of the first he's permitted to the second and the fourth so he's married to the second. The third is knocked out. The fourth is now going to be permitted. But if the fourth is permitted, the fifth is going to be knocked out. He can't marry the half-sister of his fourth wife. So he, he can only marry the second and the fourth. And if, if the case of Yibum comes up, if he dies childless, maybe he's going to die childless. His brother can... Um, uh, perform yibum with the second or the fourth and can exempt the rivals. And of course, he cannot have any relationship with the third and the fifth. Obviously not with the first, but the first is no longer alive. And in the context of yibum, intercourse with one of these others, the third and the fifth, doesn't exempt the rival because there's no marital relationship with the third and the fifth. So the whole question of Yibum doesn't arise. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.